Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation, and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs, and influencers from around the globe. With your host, serial entrepreneur, and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate Hancock. Rob, what was your journey like to get where you are? Uh, Look, I've had an unusual journey, you know, um, unlike a traditional educated entrepreneur who maybe went to college, got an MBA, started a company um, in my early um, youth, I was surrounded by all different types of people that created all different types of companies. Right. And that was a really close friend of mine that owned a skate shop. Uh, I watched him build company after company and then his friends built company after company. So as a youth, I looked at my journey in life was, well, I'm just like them. I will probably also uh, start companies myself. And that's what led to me building my very first company when I was 18 years old. Wow. And does anyone in your family an entrepreneur where what is the driving force you know look i i think you know i'm raising my children to to grow up with an entrepreneurial mindset you know sort of approaching this concept of put a vision to what you want to create and build the steps backwards my son recently said he's got the perfect idea uh it's honey on pizza and i'm gonna call it delish honey and I was able to buy delishhoney.com. He's five years old. Uh, I was raised with a family that, that just thought if you could graduate uh, high school, your number one shot at having a high quality of life was just getting to college. Uh, I didn't believe in that path. Of course, I quit high school at 16, became a professional skateboarder, started my first company at 18, um, you know, built Uh, company after company after company for years, co-founded 16 different businesses till I finally launched uh, a business that creates businesses in 2016. And I've launched 18 since then. Wow. What an amazing work. Now, what was the most challenging experience you have had to overcome? You know, look, I think like the problem with business is it's so complex And you tend to either partner with people that sort of um, balance your weaknesses uh, or you you learn through failure of what those weaknesses are. Uh, So for me, I think I spent many years uh, building different companies and trying all different types of concepts like. Uh, without seeing business multidimensionally. So since I was such a creative marketing uh, mind, like I was always product focused and like, oh, people are going to love this product and this is such a good idea. But I lacked the, 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 the deeper dimension of understanding how that business would actually be brought to market, be sustainable and ultimately the financial side of that business, right? And when I finally connected operations and finance to my brand marketing and product mind that's when I really uh those struggles from my early years of being an entrepreneur ended up fading away that's awesome and knowing what you know now what would you do differently I you know look to me I I always preach uh to start at the end 
right? Mm -hmm. Decide what you want out of a business before you ever decide to do it. And that is like, okay, I want to build a business that gets to 5 million in sales and has a million in profit that I split with two partners and having a $5 million business where we each take home 300 grand a year would be a dream scenario because I'm going to uh, pay, you know, 40% of that in taxes, and then I'm going to save 20%. And by the time I'm 60 years old, I'm going to have 2 million in an IRA and an index fund, and I'm going to go live on a beach. You know, I, I like to preach that you are not only the visionary of your business, but you're the visionary of your life. And you've got to integrate both of them and create a plan. So when you have business success, that you have life success simultaneously. Yeah. And what is your secret sauce? How did you scale all these businesses? You're running so many businesses. I mean, what's the secret sauce? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I think it's, it's the, the secret sauce is systematic evolution, right? You grow and evolve uh, over time. Now, if you grow and evolve with purpose and behind a quantitative growth trajectory, a great plan, a great goal, then you're seeing your growth and evolution. And now someone like me who's done so many different businesses, your ability to see business is so much more intuitive and so much more uh, deep that you're making decisions and partnering with people and ideas that build quicker with a lot less effort and have a higher probability of success. Because I like to say business um, is only fun when it works. You know, when business works, it's one of the thrilling, most extraordinary processes of creation. But when it doesn't, it's one of the most painful. And for me, over time, I've just learned to get better and better at intuitively seeing the depth of a business or an idea at the very beginning and building the pathway towards success and then doing it over and over again. So how do you consider yourself? Are you the visionary guy or are you the number two that execute the whole company or are you both? Well, to me, I, I'm, I'm both, but I consider myself like a visionary Sherpa. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where I'm, I have the ability to see like the future and the micro present, right? I can see the macro and the micro. And for other people with great ideas, other visionaries, my process and experience can validate their idea. And then I can act as their visionary coach and help be their strategic force to help guide them to realize their vision. You know, I think that's one of the things I love so much about being a CEO of a business that creates businesses, right? Because we co-find uh, every business and start it from the idea stage or pre-revenue. So we go through this same cycle of zero to an exit every time we launch a business. And it's, it's such a unique um, experience set to be able to do that over and over. And I love having vision alignment with other visionaries and then help guiding them uh, to the promised land. I love it. So how many exit now total, Rob? We have five exits, a uh, little over 500 million since 2016. 
Um, and, and again, a, a couple companies that have got to really significant scale, outstanding foods uh, that we hope to take public soon. And then, um, you know, a couple of our heroes in our recent launch, uh, Luso Cloud, the comfort footwear brand and MindRite, our uh, brain food company is just uh, two other really high velocity growth companies that we launched recently. Wow. And so what does leadership mean to you? Uh, you know, look, I, uh, leadership means a lot of different things, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, leadership is really the guiding light for how and where we should go and what we should believe in. Right. And you have to instill belief in those that work for you, that what you're doing is making a difference and working and going to make an impact, right? And, and to me, in order to do that and create belief in every, everybody that's in your company, you have to have clarity on what you're hoping to achieve and how to achieve it so that while you're making progress towards your goals and your clear KPIs, everybody can be energized by the fact that they're actually achieving what they said they would do, thus building belief because you really build belief um, when you begin to make progress towards really big goals, right? That otherwise, if, if you're not making progress or you're not clear, that's bad leadership. And that's when, when those that work for you aren't sure what direction they're going or ultimately what does it mean to win here. I think a lot of uh, founders and entrepreneurs in general overlook in, in when trying to lead a group of people on a singular idea. Absolutely. Now, can you take me back that very first company? What is that like preparing to IPO? Uh, no, I've never, I've never uh, taken a company IPO yet. Oh, this yeah. is, uh, you know, I, I look, I, I was one of my founders. I sat on the board. I, I, I sat on the board earlier this year of a company that went public. One of my fa previous founders. Uh, but I was on the board for like three months and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't like I, for someone that like lives and dies on like, let's start it from a conversation see the product for the first time. Oh, get it to market for the first time. Like, it's like, I love the journey. Yeah. Um, to me, IPO level being in these board meetings for a public company was like, just sucked the life out of me. Uh, and I resigned very quickly. And again, even, even when we eventually I'm on the board of outstanding foods, when it eventually goes public, I will then uh, step back. Uh, so I don't have to go through that sort of aspect. I love the journey, right? Whether it is uh, driving a company to profitability. A lot of our companies are just built to be smaller and kick off a ton of cash. Uh, a lot of them are growth companies that are built for the exit. Uh, a couple are built to go public, which we haven't uh, done. Outstanding Foods is the first one for that. But it's the cycle is what I live for. It's the like, well, this is what we're going to do. Then here's the plan. Then the chaos that go ensues and constantly evolving and changing and evolving and changing and growing and, and expanding into the possibility of what the idea is. And then realizing the potential uh, in the form of a return on your capital invested under a time frame to deliver you an ROI and an IRR. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. You yeah. love to get your hands dirty and get in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just way, way more fun for me to to live through the the what what they refer to as the valley of death. 
you know, because at the end of the day, they say all these, you know, uh, almost all uh, ventures fail in the first year, 18 months. And it really is, um, you know, called the valley of death because you're so excited before you launch it. You think your idea is amazing. You think your product's extraordinary. It's the idea of it's so amazing. Then the moment you launch it, it becomes real. And then it gets so real as you're fighting to try to figure out what's happening. How is this all working? Then you begin to evolve rapidly and then begin. There's a point I like to call it, um, you know, it's sort of the horizon after you launch a business where you realize how much you don't know. And yeah. at that point, like you realize how much you actually have to do to make this a success and how hard it actually is going to be. And that's where most people quit. And some people get energized by the clarity and then work even harder and then eventually find product market fit and go on to have a, a su successful venture. But when people die in the valley of death, it is because they finally can see how hard it is to run a business and they decide it's not for them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And they said it's only 4% of a company that's as a revenue of $2 million is like 4% yeah. very low. Yeah. I love how you mentioned the valley of death. I'm so familiar with that with scaling up system by Vern Harness. He wrote that book. I, he mentioned that a lot. The value of death is one of my favorite. Um, so, uh, do you have a mentor, Rob? Who's your mentor? You know, I I I have a lot of great, like um, you know, high level, um, like business friends. You know what I mean? Like, but I I'm a part of an entrepreneurship uh, group. Uh, that's sort of a mentor group. That's 15 entrepreneurs that get together once a month and talk about all aspects of life and business. And, and, and I think that that group is where a lot of just my, where I can, you know, step back, reflect and evolve uh, and hear how other people are managing different aspects of, of their business or their wealth or their life. That's, that's sort of an important thing to be, but, but no direct mentors, you know, all right, thank you. And what do you think of all this NFT and metaverse or Web3? Were you able to, de you know, take a look at it? What do you think of it? What's going on? I mean, to me, there's just ab no doubt it's the absolute future. You know, I, I think it's it's a little bit confusing, I think, to because there are so many different layers to it. And, you know, you're as you're trying to understand it, you're like, oh, is it cryptocurrency? Is it trying to replace money? Uh, okay, is it a blockchain? What does the blockchain do exactly? Like, oh, is it NFT? Okay, now people are trading JPEGs, right? Like, I think there's just this, like, you know, almost like how the internet felt in like 97, when it was like, there's no way you would ever put your credit card on the internet, you would never buy something for real. Like, you know, I think it's that sort of thing. And it's fundamentally um, you know, currencies will have to be regulated to some point, um, you know, and digital assets is, is without a doubt, the NFT is going to be so many more things than you can imagine. And then ultimately the blockchain and the infrastructure of the blockchain is, it has so many more implement, 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 implications way beyond, you know, 
trading some, you know, $500,000 monkey uh, that you're going to put in your like social media icon to show that you're balling, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think it's a lot bigger than people realize and and everything is going to be um, like traded in in this digital world and, and digital status. And it seems so hard for us to wrap our heads around like, like oh you're somebody's buying like a plot of land in the metaverse right now like but it is it, it is no different than um any other asset and any other sort of form of entertainment and exchange for time and attention and connection uh with other human beings and i just think it's it's one of those things that we're so at the very early stage of but will be a huge part of our world to come for very long Absolutely. We just launched our first NFT yesterday. Yeah. Would you guys make it? Yeah. So we launch it. And the utility piece of that is people will go through the masterclass. What is NFT, blockchain, mm. Web3, AR, VR, how to invest in virtual land, because at the end of the day, that's where we're going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But no it, doubt. yeah. So Rob, for you. I hope you make some money off of it. Yeah. We're excited. So we're going to be hustling. <clears throat> Um, Rob, what, you know, business advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? I, look, I, I think like, you know, I, I preach to everybody that at the end of the day, you are still making a business, right? You can have a vision, you can have a purpose, you can have an innovative product. At the end of the day, it's still going to be about um, how much revenue you make, how much are your expenses to acquire that revenue, and ultimately how much cash do you have at the end of all of that. And then understanding the economics and of how your business works above all and how you're going to go through the process to acquire and retain customers. It uh, doesn't matter what type of business it is. It's like you have to always be looking at it through its financial viability because you're in business uh, sure that to fulfill a vision and make an impact, but you're never going to do that if you do not have a sustainable financial and business model that allows you to scale and grow and be a business that can be stay alive uh, with intent. Because I think a lot of people overlook um, a lot of these more simple cost structures because they just want to make the product, bring it to market. They think people will love it and then they'll figure it out. Um, and, and I think a lot of people will, will be singularly focused on their idea and product rather than thinking more of like, how could they build a platform and, and see out to where they could, their product line can scale and grow their business. Right. I think, you know, so often, um, you can only learn these things through experience, but I really believe that, you know, everybody needs to always think like, with the financial uh, quality of what they're going into first instead of just idea and product. You know? I love it. It's all about net profit at the end of the day. Now, Rob, how do you want to be remembered? I, you know, look, I think that, that I'm, you got to understand that I've had an interesting uh, evolution throughout my entire life, right? So I was a professional skateboarder entrepreneur that had all these uh, different companies. And then I evolved and became a television star and entrepreneur with all these different companies. And then uh, as that's evolved, now I'm transitioning to um, 
you know, more thought leadership and pure business as I evolve into the next phase of life. And for me, um, you know, I ultimately want to be known for teaching people how to harness the power of integrated systems to drive your evolution. Right. Whether that's developing an integrated system uh, to to build your business or you treat your life like an integrated system uh, to systematically evolve into the ideal version of who you are and what your true potential is. Right. I think at the end of the day, um, I would like to be most known for teaching people how to be visionaries of their own lives and, and give them the tools and the, and the systems on how they can realize um, their ideal life. Wow. And Rob, where can they find you? What's your social site? DirdickMachine.com uh, Rob, uh, and Rob Dirdick on all the socials. Well, Rob, this is really awesome and honored having you here today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode.